Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here today with Vicki. And we're going to talk a little bit about writing, and we're mm-hmm. hopefully going to talk about something that is going to help you in grading your students' writing, because we hear from a number of you that that is an intimidating undertaking for mm-hmm. a lot of homeschool, high school parents in particular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes teens don't like writing too much, and then their moms have to grade it, and the moms don't like to grade it. <laughs> it's like, how do you do this? So... It's a good thing to talk about. Right. It is a good thing to talk about. And the simple answer is use a rubric. I mean, that's, that's, you know, and the truth is, I think my, I think I had a middle schooler before I knew what a rubric was. I, that was not a word that I knew early on in homeschooling because you don't really use them in elementary school. So just just in case, yes, just in case any of our seventh sisters who are listening, don't know what a rubric is and are madly Googling it right now, we can save you the trouble. A rubric is this nifty little uh, check off the boxes chart that says, these are the things that you're looking for. And here's about how many points should be awarded for doing that perfectly. So if all the spelling is correct, give your student 10 points for having awesome spelling skills. And mm-hmm. if it you said it was supposed to be five paragraphs and it's five paragraphs, then give them five points for whatever. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a tool. And there are lots of different rubrics. I mean, most of our writing guides at sevensistershomeschool.com include a rubric or two in the back of the guide. Yeah. And they're suggested rubrics because you might have different goals. And so you can always adjust them. So let's start there. Let's let's talk about goals because that is actually the main thing that I I answer this often in the mm. customer email inbox at Seven mm-hmm. Sisters. A lot of our Seventh Sisters write in and they say, "I don't know what the priorities are supposed to be for any given writing assignment." And mm. I'm not a natural writer myself. I don't love to write. I assigned my kid the thing I was supposed to assign them and they did it. But mm-hmm. beyond spelling and did you follow the directions? I I don't know what the priorities are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So goals, establishing goals in grading writing is important. Yeah. And you know, like there's some of us that are a little geekier and we actually like writing. And so what I resemble that remark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, That, that those, it's easy to pass that on to our kids. Like we want you to love writing. We want you to engage this process. But, you know, I I think most people are not that way. And and yes, we can't just assume everybody has the same priorities or Mm -hmm. goals or, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what really shows that our teen has accomplished what they need to accomplish here. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other end of the spectrum. It has nothing to do with loving writing and being a fabulous writer. And we know you have a book in there somewhere. You got to <laughs> yeah. get it out on paper, you know, but there's the other end of the spectrum where people are like, well, I mean, I know they have to spell right. And I know they have to use appropriate grammar and, um, you know, and it's all about this, the format, what is it mm. going to end up looking like? Will all the T's be crossed and all the I's be dotted. Mm-hmm. And, um, That's important, but that's definitely not the heart and soul of writing. And that is where some of our teens um, become extremely under-inspired, shall we say. If if they've been using writing curriculum and had their writing being graded all on that sort of mechanics piece of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that can kind of stomp on inspiration. Well, it definitely, yeah, inspiration and meaning, you know, that teenagers mm. very often need to have some purpose or meaning mm-hmm. in their writing. So what would you suggest, yeah. Sabrina? Well, I'm glad you asked, Vicki. I would suggest leaning into that idea of purpose and meaning. Teens ask why a lot, not in the same way that two-year-olds ask why. They ask why (laughs) in the, they're learning to ponder the universe and their place in it kind Mm -hmm. of why. And so when we give them an assignment to write about something, we first need to make sure that they understand that the purpose of writing is communication. Mm -hmm. And oddly, A lot of teens don't know that. And some of the moms listening to this podcast, dads listening to this podcast are saying, I never really thought about it, but Mm. that's true. It's about communication. It's about Mm. making yourself understood, whether it's an idea, whether it's an agenda that you're trying to advance and you want to persuade people to agree Mm -hmm. with you, whether it's um, a feeling that you want people to, to connect with. Um, There's so many ways that we try to communicate with our words Mm -hmm. and just as much variety as there is in conversation, we have that same amount of variety in writing. And so if we can first help our teens understand your number one goal, when I give you a writing assignment is to communicate something to the person who's going to read it. And so you should ask yourself, what exactly am I trying to communicate here? And it will in most cases be quite obvious if you ask yourself the question. Mm -hmm. So if you've been practicing writing a comparison and contrast essay, and you're looking at two different pieces of literature or a book and a movie, and you're comparing them to one another, uh, then if you're given an essay assignment for that, your goal is to communicate what you thought about the comparison between the two. Mm -hmm. What was the same? What was different? What did you like better? What was your opinion? Um, If instead you're writing a research paper, well, then the point of your communication is to demonstrate knowledge, to pass information, to help somebody else know about the subject matter. Those are going to be very different kinds of writing. And if our teen starts, um, uh, don't even get me started on poetry, you know, that's a whole, that's a horse (laughs) of a different color right there. So if a teen is starting a writing project with that general goal in mind, and the person who's going to grade it has that same general goal in mind. Mm -hmm. That's gonna help a lot. Um, One of the places that we see kids get very tangled up and bogged down is in the idea of um, a research paper not being primarily about their opinion. So they have an idea that they're supposed to be explaining uh, giving all sorts of information and instruction about, but it's not just about, well, I think so, or, mm-hmm. but I liked it better. You know, that, that piece of opinion is not really very important. And so there may be lots of things that they just state as if they were fact, but they don't give any evidence to support mm-hmm. it. They don't mm-hmm. cite any, any resources, that sort of thing. And then they're frustrated when they get marked down for that. So if we can have a meeting of the minds at the time that an assignment is given to say, now let's think for a second, what's the purpose in writing this? Why are you doing it? What are you trying to communicate? That's going to help a lot. And that for the person grading it is going to help you decide what kind of rubric you need to use. And that's why we do suggested rubrics, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, Mm -hmm. in our Seven Sisters Writing Guides, because you might have a slightly different goal for your student. If you have a kid who's a natural writer versus a kid who is a really reluctant writer and who struggles Mm -hmm. a lot, you probably don't want to use the same rubric. It's Mm kind of not exactly fair even to do that, right? 
So um, what are what are some of your thoughts, Vicki? You've graded a whole lot of writing over many years for many students. Um, yeah, it, well, I think the the concept that writing is communication, like that's that's a why. And one of the gifts we want to give our teens is the ability to communicate their thoughts. Mm. Like we, we, this is, this is a gift they will need the rest of their lives. How do you communicate? And one of the best ways we can train our brains to get the words out is to have lots of practice writing down thoughts and communicating mm -hmm. those in an effective way. So really when you look at it as writing is communication, a why is it's just life training on how to communicate yes. because they're going to grow up and have a job and you know likely have a spouse or kids and both or friends and, and neighbors even yeah oh, you're going to need goodness. to communicate with a lot of different kinds of people about a lot of different kinds of things yeah. and so this is really a boot camp you know the high school mm -hmm. they have to do so much writing a really a good boot camp for capturing thoughts you know i i um slight rabbit trail. But you know, we over the years, you and I have grad, uh, graded a lot of papers and our sister Marilyn mm -hmm. and Allison and, and all, like, we just in our homeschool umbrella and with our own kids have graded papers, papers, papers. All right. And sometimes the teens, more than once, have said, this is really hard. And this is, this is tough. I don't really like it all that much. <sighs> but after high school, you know, once those kids hit adulthood, and we run into them later. They thank us yep. for that boot camp of capturing their thoughts and communicating them with words. So that really is the why this, this communication skill is so important. Mm -hmm. And and for each kid, that, that goal is going to be a little different. So a reluctant writer is going to learn to capture their communication in a, in a simpler way at first. So at ninth grade, it, it may be, you're looking for some spelling just so they learn some self-control mm -hmm. kind of things. Mm -hmm. But by the time they're seniors, if they've worked each year on writing, they can have more and more opinion with backing it up, opinion with clarifying, or you know delving into a subject on a research paper in a non-biased way and learning how to keep their brain in a non-biased position. So that's, you know, even a reluctant writer can develop skills that's going to pay off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a life skill. And that's maybe, um, that's maybe a lost idea in mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. teens experience. They, they might be less reluctant if they could begin to frame it as something yeah. that's gonna help them the rest of their lives. But yeah. All right. So when it's time to actually decide, you're either going to create a rubric for yourself or you're going to, to choose which there are a million writing rubrics that you can download oh, yeah. online for free mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you decide what, what are you looking for here? Um, think about who your student is first. Is this a natural experienced, fairly mature writer who needs to be pushed to, um, to, edit well, to really go for excellence instead of just, yeah, that was good enough. Um, mm -hmm. Because they can do just good enough in their sleep at this point, but mm -hmm. we want to be encouraging them to really craft their, their final piece of writing. Is this a kid who is really struggling or is this someone somewhere in the middle? And, um, and think about where they are in that process. Then think about what the goal of this particular assignment was and sort of 
put a, a big word across the top of the rubric or across the top of your brain if you just want to do it internally. But this is, this is primarily about information or this piece is primarily about descriptive language or this mm-hmm. piece is primarily about personal response. Um, we do a lot of calling for personal response papers in our cinema studies for literature learning yeah. guides. And these are lit analysis guides that are designed for kids who maybe are slower readers. So mm-hmm. they get bogged down and overwhelmed with books, but it's it's a way to practice literary analysis skills using the medium of watching a movie. And most of those then have a suggested writing assignment. It's not writing instruction, it's a writing mm-hmm. prompt. Mm-hmm. And we give them the option of an essay or a personal response paper. And I've had a lot of moms say, okay, so if I give them the personal response paper, how can I grade that? It's going to be whatever their response was, you know, like, mm-hmm. And say, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, a personal response is a really important piece of writing because Mm -hmm. that is communicating something that no one else can say for you. This is not a right or wrong. It's not like a math quiz. There's not a right or wrong answer. But if they're going to respond to um, the idea of, uh, I don't know, I'm I can't think of a single movie that I've ever written a cinema studies guide for at the moment. (laughs) Perspective, Apollo 13. There we go. If they're going to think about the idea of the perspective and we have the perspective of the astronauts who are stuck up in this, in this um, Mm -hmm. capsule in space. And then we have the perspective of the people on the ground and we've asked them to look at perspective all the way through the movie as they've analyzed it. Now we say personal response. If you were one of the people on the ground, or if you were one of the astronauts, I think, you know, give, give your, how do you think the um, unique circumstances would have affected your perspective on what was going on in this many days of crisis? Well, it's not enough to just say, I would have been upset, I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess that is a personal response, but that's not a personal response paper. Right. Right. So we can coach our kids to say, look, you're the only one who can tell us what that felt like inside your head and your heart Mm -hmm. and your body. Even encourage them to bring the reader into what their experience was, because that's what they're responding to. They're responding to their own experience. And that right there, oh, my goodness, is an exercise in understanding other people and in growing in empathy and in being able to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and imagine it from their perspective, right? So when we, when we have our kids write a personal response paper, our primary goal is how much did you bring your reader into your experience? Did you give them ways to understand you and to walk a mile in your shoes? And if you didn't, could you, could you give another mm-hmm. example? Could you tell me about, you said it was really stressful. Could you tell me what your stomach felt like when you were watching it? What your jaw felt like? Could you tell me what it felt like in your body even when you were watching it? What it, what was stressful about it? Did you hold your breath? You know, those kinds of things. We're, we're helping our kids not just express, this is how I felt, but to bring somebody else into their experience and share it with them. So in it, that's, that's one very specific example. But in all of these, in all of these different types of writing that we give our kids, we need to have that big word written across the front of our brains or across the top of our rubric that my, my primary goal in having my kid write this is I want them to practice this in communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want them to give me information very clearly and let me know where I can find the proof to back it up. That's a research paper, right? Mm-hmm. I want them to 
put their um, position on this issue out there in words that are very easy. I don't have any question where they come down on this issue. And in fact, I didn't agree with them when I started reading it, but I'm starting to be persuaded by the end of the paper. You know, that's a persuasive essay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so in all these things, ask yourself, what is that? What is that primary goal? And then from there, you can get into some of the nitty gritty. Um, if you have a kid who really is struggling with grammar and punctuation, um, don't beat them up with a red pen on every writing assignment all year long. Mm-hmm. That is so disheartening for kids. It's not mm-hmm. that grammar doesn't matter. It matters so much. And, and if you need a resource, Grammar Granules by Allison yeah. Thorpe, available sevensistershomeschool.com. It's a wonderful pocketbook resource. Yeah. Sorry, um, shameless plug. I think yes. it's a great, a great it is a resource. Great resource, yes. Um, but if if we can pull some of that grammar work out and let our kids have some of their writing assignments where they don't lose 20 points because mm-hmm. their grammar wasn't very good, um, where instead they only lose five because the main thing that they were being graded on for this assignment was the, the content, the ideas in it, the descriptions given, the um, figurative language used, the whatever, use of example. So there can be all sorts of other things. And you can decide for this paper, you're going to have a chance to do four revisions. You better have the spelling and the grammar and the punctuation correct by the time you turn it in. Yes. But for another assignment, you might say, I really want this one to be more creative. I want it to Mm -hmm. be more personal. I want you to get in touch with dialogue um, because you're doing storytelling here. You know, those kinds of things where then you can say, I'm only going to take a total of five points off, even Mm -hmm. if there are 30 spelling errors in it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat you up on the spelling for this one. And you get to make those choices. That is that subjective. Yeah, it is. We're we're homeschooling. Yeah, we're homeschooling. (laughs) Right, right. A subjective educational experience is one of the main reasons we're homeschooling, right? (laughs) Well, and, and the beauty of that is, is there's not one right way. And so there for one assignment, you may have a priority of let's just get your ideas captured and refined. And so the grammar is not going to be the, the big focal point on a research paper. You know, they will probably have several revisions. And mm-hmm. so the first revision, you know, you got a, a chance to go back and fix those things and just keep working on it until you have this sparkling paper, a senior, you would expect more out of than a Absolutely. freshman. And so that, you know, teens need to know, could I make a suggestion oh, as, yeah, while you were talking is that, that moms make sure that the teens, if you're using a rubric, have a copy of the rubric. Crazy. Yeah. Do you remember like, uh, I don't know, you're so much younger than me, but when I was uh-huh. in high school or, or college, they never gave us rubrics. Never, never. And so you were just shooting in the dark and hoping mm-hmm. you could read the professor. Oh, and you were talking to other students who had had that teacher before to find yeah. out. So what what is this one looking for? Yeah. When you write, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, you were you were totally shooting in the dark. And when I first um, began getting near the end of middle school and starting into high school with homeschooling my kids, and I started realizing that there were a lot of the moms who were giving their kid the rubric, and I I kept thinking, is that cheating? Is that cheating? I don't know. Is that cheating? <laughs> It's so silly. It's absolutely not cheating. It's giving good instruction on what the assignment is. The specifics of the assignment. Clarifies like teens can 
look at their writing. They can they can do a rough draft however they want, but then they can take that rubric and say, am I meeting the expectations yes. and what do I need to do in order to meet those expectations? Like that is just only fair, but it's also not wasting your time or your teen's time yeah. with them shooting in the dark. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for example, I remember in our local community, I taught a um, professional writing class. And one of the things that we did was a cover letter mm-hmm. for a job application. And I'm telling you what, a single typo, a single punctuation mm-hmm. error, a single anything. I not only took points off, I gave it back to the student and said, you either get a zero for this or you redo it. It mm-hmm. has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Because when you're applying for a job or you know, a fellowship or an internship or any of those things, you cannot be careless at all. You get one shot and you are selling yourself with Mm -hmm. that piece of writing. And you're saying, Mm -hmm. I am diligent and hardworking and I pay attention to detail. Mm -hmm. So your cover letter has to show diligence and hard work and attention Mm -hmm. to detail. And you either get a zero or you get a hundred, you know? Um, And I don't, I didn't do that with very many writing assignments, but for that particular one, we talked about it and they all knew and they got, you know, unlimited chances to do it right. As long as they were willing to keep working on it. Yeah. But to, um, to have that, that type of, um, that rubric in your, you know, right in front of you where, you know, okay, well, this one, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. one has to be, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's good communication with our kids when we, when we let them write to the rubric. Yes. And uh, yeah, not cheating for sure. Not cheating. Let's see. What else can we do that's going to encourage? Oh, the moms who say, I'm not a good writer mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. I struggle with writing and I don't even know if I'm grading the grammar correctly or if um, the paragraphs really are communicating what they're supposed to. You know, I don't know if it's kind of wandering and rambling because I wander and ramble every time I try to communicate <laughs> or write. Yes. So this is going to be a little, a little bit out there. You can improve. Mm-hmm. You can, you can practice and you can get better and you can mm-hmm. use tools and that will definitely help. But you could also just also just make friends with somebody who is more confident as a writer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe they could grade some of your kids' papers and mm-hmm. in exchange, you could do something that you're good at with their kids because mm-hmm. cooperative work in community among homeschoolers it's really good for everybody involved. Yeah. We make such good friends. We do. Like seven sisters. Yeah. We have to like get somebody else to do the hard things for us. So mm-hmm. then we can switch off on other things. Yeah. And another tool um, is Grammarly. Oh, yeah. So moms can get Grammarly and, um, <laughs> and let Grammarly give them some suggestions mm-hmm. on how that paper might be improved when you're By the way, we are not affiliates. We are just fans of utilizing whatever resources are going to be yes. helpful in your homeschooling yes. adventures. So that's not cheating. Nope. That's just pulling in another expert. It's just a digital yep. expert. There. A digital expert. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which stuff. I am not a digital expert. <laughs> <laughs> it can also be really helpful to enroll your kid in a short writing class. You don't have to necessarily say, oh, we're going to shell out the big bucks and we're going to do mm-hmm. an online course for the whole year. Mm-hmm. You you can find something where um, it's just going to be a six week, an eight week, a particular type of project, whatever. But by observing how someone who really loves to teach writing, mm-hmm. how they interact with 
a student's um, writing assignments and how they give them feedback and then how they actually grade them. You can learn a lot by observing that. And so you could you could do a short, fairly inexpensive um, foray into someone else teaching your kid writing and grading it and then get a lot more confident doing the grading yourself going forward. That's awesome. Yeah. And if you still feel stuck and you want more, you can schedule a coaching session with a big sister at sevensistershomeschool.com. That's one of the things that, that we offer when we have coaching clients who come and say, I just need to talk through some of this stuff because writing is where we're really stuck in our homeschool. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help for sure. Absolutely. From friends, from professionals and from big sisters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sabrina. So, end of the day, don't let writing yeah. intimidate you, even mm. if it doesn't come naturally to you or your kid. It's yeah. it's okay for everybody to be learning, right? Yeah. Isn't that something to do with the growth mindset, which is another whole episode? But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it, it's like as our as our teens are developing those communication skills, we moms develop them more and more. Like I'm a better writer on things because I had five kids. <laughs> 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 we had to get through high school. So, you Absolutely. know, that's, it's helped fine tune my skills too. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And we hope that that will be the case for you as well. Seventh sisters who are listening. And we are glad that you were listening today. And we hope that you will decide to listen again to future episodes of the homeschool high school podcast from seventhsistershomeschool.com and brought to you by the ultimate homeschool podcast network.